When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Tackling Life Podcast with the great Ray Lewis and me, Dr. Christian Conti. It's a success podcast that tackles life through the lessons of sports. And I, I really want to say this before I even say hi to you, Ray. I got to get this set out because something unbelievable happened on November 21st, 2017 that we didn't even get to talk about. But on November 21st, 2017, the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Fame announced you, Ray Lewis, as a semifinalist. And I I mean, first of all, it's just absolutely phenomenal because in my mind, like when I really think about this, this is something that started for you as a child. And there was something you once said, and I want to set this up because there was something you once said that really rang true to me. And I imagine you as a little boy thinking about this, but you said, I committed to an imagination. And that's exactly what you've done. What began in early childhood culminates in 2018. And for our listeners, in case you've been living under a rock, just in case, because we, we, we accept all our listeners, but uh, Ray Lewis, listen to this. What what you've done, Ray, I mean, All-American a couple of times in college. So that's just in college you started off with that. Two times NFL Defensive Player of the Year. 13 times went to the Pro Bowl. I mean, this is unbelievable. Won two Super Bowls. They beat the Giants in 2000, beat the 49ers in 2012. Ray, you won the Super Bowl MVP in 2000. And you are literally the only player in NFL history with at least 40 career sacks and 30 career interceptions. So I want to just say this before I even get to you, Ray. I'm so sorry for the long introduction, but please, this hit me in a big way. This is monumental. Listen, Ray led the Ravens in 2000 to the all-time best defensive season performance ever, ever, with NFL records for the fewest points allowed, 165, and fewest rushing yards allowed, 970. So as someone who grew up in Pittsburgh as a Steeler fan, I want to be say how honored I am in introducing and starting off the conversation about saying this to you, Ray. Congratulations on being nominated as a semifinalist to the NFL Hall of Fame. Doc, I should have signed you up for my agent. If I'm uh, listen, bro. I, I cannot. Uh, I cannot thank you enough, man. Um, the ride is is absolutely amazing. And you know, one of the reasons why <clears throat> is because of what you're talking about. It was an imagination. It, it, it was something that 
um, you know, I gave a speech yesterday to some people and I was talking about, you know, what happens when you never let your imagination die. And at mm -hmm. 14 years old, I never forget sitting outside, Doc, and I'm, I'm starving. I'm starving. I'm hungry. And my mom, you know, told me the information she had always told me sometimes. She was like, you know, baby, I just cannot afford to feed you today. And I was like, wow, okay. I was like, mom, it's okay. I was like, just make sure my brothers and sisters eat and I'll be okay. And, um, and I remember going outside, Doc, and sitting down and watching the sunset. And I remember sitting there hungry and I, my boy walked up, Kwame, and he walked and he was like, what's wrong, bro? I was like, man, just, you know, mom can't feed me today, so I'm just going to survive. And I remember watching the sunset and I, I walked away from him and he was like, what are you doing? And I said, man, I'm just reciting our father's prayer, bro, like looking at this sunset. And he was like, well, I mean, like, well, why are you reciting our father's prayer? I said, I said, Kwame, because I have an imagination. I really have a way out. Like, I got a real way out, bro. And, and, and I'm never going to stop until I get there. And he started asking me what all of these things I was going to do. And I was like, I was going to be the first one to go to college in my family. And I was going to get out of Lakeland and, and not be the one to sell drugs and all these different things. I'm going to, oh, I'm going to make it to the National Football League and I'm going to be great in college. And I'm, oh my gosh, doc. And I just started dreaming. I just started dreaming. And, and, and then still to this day, I sat on my backdrop um, of my house the other day and I watched the sunset set the other day, doc. And I looked back and I said, from 14 to 42, I think I'm, <laughs> I think I'm celebrating the moment. I'm celebrating the moment. So it's really the imagination, man, that, 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 that really challenged me to never lose the passion for my dreams. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, first of all, I mean, like, I, I don't know, you always, I'm always writing. Like, I can listen to you talk all day, and I'm always writing notes. And what I just realized is, uh, as you told that, is you sat there hungry, literally hungry at 14, and that hunger, that drive has never left you. You once told me you even played games hungry because you were like, what does a lion do when he goes out on the field? Like when he goes, the lion's out in the field, he's hungry, so he's at his best. And that hunger is inside of you that just drove you to be the absolute best, whoever did it. Yeah, dog, that's, that's the one thing, right? And so, and so I, I tell, I, I, and I'm gonna give my listeners, you know, some real inside. I don't, I don't know how we all deal with pain, but... You know, and you've heard me say this before, there's two sides to pain. You know, there's a physical side to pain that you feel, but then there's a glory side to pain if you ever find a way to push through pain, right? And I never forget, Doc, when I'm hungry, when I'm going through these things, I never forget when I was started doing these sit-ups, Doc, and I felt this, this knot inside of my stomach that was hurting so bad. And I kept going and I kept going, but I remember saying to myself, like, I will, I will, I will. You know what I'm saying? And I just kept boosting myself up like, I will. I'm going to keep going. And then when I felt the knot and the knot was so deep in my belly and I realized that I had a choice to stop, I changed from my will to I can. Like, I can. Like, I got to go. I got to go. There's no other option. You cannot go backwards. You cannot lay down on your back because there's nothing on your back for somebody to climb on top of you. You can't give in. And so that, that moment when I figured that out, when the hardest thing to ever do is be in that moment and not have nobody to bounce your ideas off of. 
So mm. when you didn't have nobody to bounce, and when I didn't have a father to bounce off how great that pain was, like that's why still as a man to this day, the reason why I tell my kids all the time, who you are is what you're willing to chase. Mm. That's who you are. And at the end of the day, that's what your legacy of life will be, who you are. And when you look back and saw what you entertained and what you chased in life and what you allowed to be around you, it will shape who you are as an individual. So for my career, my foundation of reading my Bible, my foundation of, of becoming a junior deacon at, t- at 12 years old, my foundation of leading devotions and singing in the choir and understand what the Bible meant, that foundation for me started to shape the things that I would chase. And so when I started to chase these things, Doc, I was overlooked so many times in life. I was never the biggest, the fastest. I was never, I was never the one pulled out of the crowd. But I was always the one to tell people, don't ever lose your job to me because I'm way more prepared than you think. <laughs> I love that. Listen, I want I want to, what, what I want to set, set up for our listeners have you understand our listeners understand is this. We are I really want to over the next several months I want to give our listeners people who have been listening all along and and we we get all this mail, we appreciate all this stuff is a true inside look at at someone a man who became a legend and to be able to have access to be able to talk to you about like everything the experience what it's like for you emotionally what was it like for you i want to know on november 21st what was that like for you when they announced you officially as a semifinal it's the most humbling thing ever guess why when i was in 1985 my first time ever wanting to play football i was a a crazy fan of the Chicago Bears defense. But it was really this one person on Chicago Bears defense that really always excited me. And that was Wilbur Marshall. Mm. He was one of my all-time favorite athletes just watching him play. And when I'm sitting there, Doc, and I'm saying, wow. Then I, then I started watching Ronnie Lott. Then I started watching, watching Walter Payton. Then I started walking, uh, watching Eric Dickerson and Tony Dorsett and John Riggins and Night Train Lane and Willie Lanier and all my Dick Buckers and Jack Lambert. And I can go down over and over and over. And I started to study these guys' culture. And I said, how, what, what does that feel like? I wonder what does that feel like to be one of those guys? <laughs> I wonder, could I ever become one of those guys? So what so does it feel like knowing that you have become <laughs> one of those guys, become more legend? What does it feel like? What does it feel it, like? To- it, it's, it's, the, it's the greatest achievement that you will ever achieve, and it's to yourself. Mm. You know, like a lot of times you do a lot of things for other people, right? And, and yeah. you work for other people. But, so, but, but now, Doc, I'm looking back on my career that I, I have never watched. Doc, think about this. I have never watched the TV copy of no game I've ever played in to oh, this wow. day. Wow. To this day, Doc, I just will I not know go, that. Doc, I, won't, I will not go backwards. I, 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 said, I said the other day that I was going to sit down and watch some TV copies and see who that guy is that everybody's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but it's... It's, it's humbling, and I'm going to tell you why. Everything I've done up until this moment was for one reason. Even though the career 
was 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 all of the highlights that you 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 pointed out. That was awesome. But what I did, it was only Doc. Oh my gosh, it was only to make my mother smile. So I never. So when when I when I, I to, uh, the the other night, my sister, my twin sisters had their fortieth birthday party, and I looked at my mom in her eyes and I said, "Mother, look at me." And she looked at me and I said, Ma, you listen, I, I understand. She always giving me praise. Baby, you did it. You did it. I said, Ma, you did it. <laughs> you, you, you was my light. You was the one. Maybe it was it wasn't nothing you told me, but my observation of your willingness to never give up or give in, my observation of you never complaining but always praying, that's who I am. Yeah. That's why I'm sitting here right now. And Doc, I'm telling you, when November 21st hit, man, and I saw that go across the stream, I said, oh, my gosh, <laughs> this little country boy out of Lakeland. I just had a dream. I just had a dream. I had and, and I was willing and I was willing to pay the price. That's what I think. And one of the reasons why is because I was neglected. I was neglected. Doc, I was I was giving up. I was I was given up on, you know, yeah. and, and and that bothers me to this day as a man sometimes. Right. Because the one thing you will never get is your childhood back. And I don't have a childhood where a father grabbed me and hugged me. I don't have a childhood when I walked off a football field or a wrestling mat where a man grabbed me and said, son, I'm proud of you. I just never had that. And so that's why I always give it to my kids. So when you talk about these honors coming up now. It's me sitting back saying, wow, no matter what the world threw at me, no matter what man said about me, no matter what people said I couldn't do, Doc, I'm talking to you because I did that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I have, I have a, like, there's so many questions, so we're just getting started. What we're going to do is we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to just continue the beginning of this conversation. This is, we're talking about, honest to goodness, your journey to the Hall of Fame. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this. All right, we're back. We are talking about your journey to the Hall of Fame. Listen, your career, 1996, your career in the NFL, 1996 to 2012, 17 years. Now, some of the first people that you loved when you were a little kid, I want to go way back. I'm a counselor. I love I love talking about the human psyche. I love getting in the depth of people's minds. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to when you were a little kid and you first started to see, you saw Wilbert Marshall, you saw uh, John Riggins, you saw different players. Was there a position that when you were very, very first started that you thought, this is my imagination, I want to be this player? Like, what was your earliest memory in football of wanting to be what? I wanted to be everything. There was there was, there was was no real position. Okay. You know, I mean, because, you know, in the schoolyards, Doc, you know, you – you went from offense to defense. You you went from <laughs> you went from you went from running back to quarterback. You went from wide receiver to linebacker. You went from safety to D line. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I remember that. You remember that. I remember right? that. And and so in, in my hometown, um, the pickup games you're talking about was called pick 'em up, bust 'em. Pick 'em up, bust 'em. <laughs> <laughs> so so we used to and when they, and I mean literally when they say pick 'em up, bust 'em. You take a ball and you throw the football up in the middle of the circle 
And if you brave enough to touch it, you brave enough to get busted up. <laughs> <laughs> that's the but kind that, of legend of toughness. Like that's where toughness comes from, right there. Pick them up, bust them. <laughs> doc, doc, listen. When I tell you that's where it started from, when I tell you these dudes, oh my gosh, I never forget it, man. Donald, Donald Dead Wiley, um, and Jimmy Dead Wiley, man. They had this this the same game, and they used to sit there beside each other and they was much bigger than me and they used to get throw me the football and i used to have to run through the gauntlet and <laughs> and the gauntlet and the gauntlet was them throwing elbows at you why are you trying, why are you trying let's to say, get <laughs> we should paint this picture though because a lot of people will picture who you are today and your size and strength but let's put this way back let's put this in real perspective you were little like you were I, like this, this is a little kid i was so bony I was so bony. It was crazy, Doc. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't necessarily bony. I was just thin. I was really small. So yeah. back then, you're talking about I may, be, I may have been 140 pounds, 130, <laughs> if that. <laughs> and, and, and I was just, and it was just this thing. So I was always going to feel, right? And I used to always, every day, Doc, the honest God and truth, the thing that I think got, got me into I, that I don't have to win every race, but I guarantee you, if you keep racing me, I'm gonna win the race I want to win. Yeah, and, and and that's where it started to come from because when we was on the football field, you you used to go from every position, and people and they used to hit you in the mouth and you used to start bleeding from your mouth and you used to sit there and and what you gonna do? Cry? <laughs> right, right. You, you, you can't cry. Right. You, you, no, you got to get pick up the ball again, and you got to go back. You got to go at it again. Pick them up, and bust them. Pick them up, bust them. And, <laughs> and after you started leaving there, then you would go to the streets, and then it would turn turn into I cannot run you. I'm faster than you. And Doc, I'm telling you, every person I raced, this guy named Marty Presley. I used to race this guy every day, and I could never beat this guy, but I would race him every day. Then I started racing my best friend, Kwame King. I used to race him every day. So we played football. He played defensive end. I played safety. And when we started to realize, I started to realize, Doc, it wasn't a race that I needed to win. It was just give everything I got to win the race, yeah. regardless of how it ended. And every day I used to always say, I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer. <laughs> and they used to look at me and say, oh, baby, we're going to race again. He want to race again. But it was, those, it, it was those things when I started going through the Little League football, playing to pick them up, bust them, to getting punched in the mouth, to, to falling and falling so hard where you had you, – you, you can't run back to nobody. It was the losing the races that created something inside of me. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give everybody listening today a nugget on what it created inside of me. It showed me that nobody can dictate how hard you push. Nobody. Mm. Mm. Nobody. No, I don't care who it is. Nobody can inspire you to go the extra mile better than you can inspire yourself. 
I think I, I think, and I just I just spoke uh, the read the other day to uh, Georgia Tech basketball team, and I was saying about I was t- talking about your statement that I have on my office wall about how the 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 nobody can measure f- effort, nobody can measure effort, but that's because that's between you and you. And I love that the statement that you said about that, and to hear that that's the onset of it, and I can see that because. I can see you as a little kid, you know, with my yield theory, like I always try to put myself in people's world and like really, really live behind their eyes. And I'm picturing you as a little kid, like being, you know, you know, thinner at that time, scrawnier at that time and racing these kids and thinking I want to get back up the next day and I want to race them again and putting in that constant effort. And I can't help but think. Like there are so many young people out there listening, so many young people that want to be Ray Lewis. And you didn't just wake up and everything fell into your lap. Like this, when things got hard, you're absolutely right. And when we were younger, like you get hit in the mouth, what are you going to do? Cry? What are you going to talk about? There's nothing to talk about. You just, you dealt with it. You just had to deal with it. You got tougher. And all the hours, all the years that you put into getting tougher, you just don't wake up that way. That's, that's, to me, that's one of the greatest aspects of watching your story is it took time for your greatness to build. I had so much time to think about it, right? On the way up, Doc, I'm trying to figure out what my identity is, right? You're, you're yes. a child. I'm a child without a father. I'm a child that's given another man's name. I'm a child that is in a very poor environment. Like there's nothing to be excited about except I'm I'm the leader for my brothers and sisters. So it was this window of what else are you gonna do? What you can't give in. You can't. There is no other option. Mm. And what it created in me was, man, I looked, I started looking at people and I started looking through people. Because I started saying at a very young age, you are not willing to sacrifice what I'm willing to sacrifice. Not for the moment. Not for the moment. The moment, Doc. Doc, when I was in when I was in Little League and when I was in high school, Doc, it was still bottom line, not being biased. But there was nobody that would just flat out outwork me, Doc. Yeah. I was always the one overlooked. I wasn't the biggest. I, I, I wasn't the prototype. But I kept saying to myself back then, And this is to somebody out there who's been overlooked time and time again because of what your credentials may not say, what what nobody, you may not be 6'8", 6'9", but I will tell you something. There's not a person that's ever judged me that can tell you what my heart says. Mm. Mm. My heart, my heart is the reason why I am so humbled to have these conversations about where I came from. Because the only person knows the real story is me and God. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, it. There's listen, there's so so many directions. Because one thing I want to say is this. I this is a powerful statement. You for you, there's no other option. But here's the part that I think is fascinating. There were options, right? There were options. So many people go do another route. There were people all around you where you grew up that went another route. They chose it. So I think what's what's what I like to emphasize with this is it was inside of you to say there's no other option but this way. 
because there are so many young people out there that are choosing this other option. And I think the fact that you were able to say that at that young age is what changed it. But it's inspiring because this is a message that other people could learn to, to other young people can learn to tell themselves. We said something. We said something a few weeks ago on the podcast. We said, "What's the definition of a man? Mm. Being the being the example." Yes. I, I had four brothers and sisters up under me that they knew nothing else in life, but whatever Big Bro said, that's what we're riding with. Mm. So I couldn't show weakness. I couldn't show fear. I couldn't show uncertainty. Even when I did, even when I did, I had to put on this smile to let them know, big bro, all right. And if I'm all right, y'all, you, every one of you guys are going to be all right. Mm. But, 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 but you think about it, in today's time, we give up so quickly the moment we feel an inch of pain or discomfort. Yeah. We give up, right? And I, and I said this the other day, and I'm going to say it again. There is somebody listening right now that has a decision to make in their life. And that decision, it's either going to make you better or it's going to make you worse. Mm. But sooner or later, you got to make that decision. And whether that decision is leaving a job that's no longer good for you, getting out, getting, getting out of a relationship that's no longer good for you, doing the same things and getting the same results, that's called insanity. Sooner or later... I figured it out. I was not going to sell drugs. I was not going to go and disappoint my mom. I was not going to give up on my brothers and sisters. I was not going to run away from home like many other my friends done. I was not going to run away from my duties because my father wasn't around. Doc, I told you this before. I told my father as much as I love and adore my father. To this day, I forgave my father for everything he's ever done for me. If it's, if I, whatever he done or did do for me or didn't do for me, I forgave him. And my heart, my mm. heart is at peace with him. Mm. But, I, but I also shared with him, thank you for not being in my life. Because I don't know if I would have pushed through if you would have been there living the life you was living. Mm. Sometimes, Doc, we're, we're faced with situations and sometimes we're pressed. Diamonds, diamonds, to find the right diamond, you got to press dark and ugly black stuff we know the name of it you got to press it and you got to scrape it off and you to get to that diamond and sometimes to find or to do something in life you have to go above and beyond and it's not impress nobody else it's just find out who you are what is your identity and i think poverty helped me out not having a part not having a father helped me out but being the oldest kept me balanced because it gave me different purpose. It gave me no reason to cry about my pains or my frustrations because I had to take care of my brothers and sisters. I looked at my twin sisters. They turned 40 last Friday, last Thursday. And I looked at my twin sisters and I told both of them, I said, let me tell you why I'm so proud of you. I'm proud of you because even when times got tough for us, you guys never doubted, big bro. Mm. Y'all always trusted me. And I had an imagination and a vision then to bring my family out of the environment that we were in. Mm. And that's why this moment is such a rejoice, it's such a rejoiceful moment. Because, Doc, you asked me, you're asking me to sum up what I feel and how it's happening. 
And what I'm telling you, I've, I've paid attention to Hall of Famous speeches. I've paid attention to, to, to everything that they're doing. And I get it. I get it. But what I've done in football is one thing. But what I'm doing and about to do now, that's what I want to talk about. <laughs> because, <laughs> because, I've, because when I go backwards, go back, going backwards for me, Doc, is not always a good thing. Right. Because I have to go into some dark places to tell you why the light places became a reality. Right. You you know, so. Right. Right. Yeah. So. So now when you when when we're bringing up what it was, what drove me, how it pushed me when I go back, Doc, I'm going to tell you something. And I want everybody to really understand this. Doc, there is something happened that forever changed my ability to sometimes go with the flow. My coach came to me my junior year of high school and I was playing strong safety. And this is what I think people don't understand about the linebacker position. I was playing strong safety my entire life until my junior year, my coach walked up and a linebacker got hurt. Jason Bamberger went down. And he said, can you do me a favor? It was a jamboree. Jamboree meaning we only played two quarters, so the game didn't count. He said, can you do me a favor? He said, can you go play linebacker? I said, coach, I've never played linebacker. He said, it's okay. Just go, just go find the ball. I went from safety to linebacker. And in two quarters, Doc, I probably had 23, 24 tackles. And I went... And I went back to him. I went back to him and said, hey, coach. I said, hey, coach, I don't ever want to go back to playing safety. I like linebacker. I'm way closer <laughs> to the ball. <laughs> but, what was this coach's name? Do you remember? Ernest? Absolutely do I remember. Ernest Joe. Ernest, Ernest Joe. Ernest Joe. Ernest. Yes, okay. sir. So Ernest Joe. So Ernest Joe says this to you. Just go find the ball. And let me just f- flash forward to now – uh, after a 17-year Hall of Fame NFL career, the only player in the history of the game with at least 40 career sacks and 30 career interceptions. So I think you went ahead and found the ball. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Doc. I got to find the ball. Hey, Doc, listen to me. I got a phone call one day, and somebody said, hey, bro, do you know that you are about to create history? And I was like, what do you mean? It was like, bro, if you get 40 sacks and over 30 interceptions, there's no person in the National Football League has ever done that in the history of the game. I said, Wait, what, what, what do you mean not in the history of the game? And, and then he said, if you go get one, and I forgot the game that I got it in. I forgot the game that I got it in. But when I got that sack, he said, you just reached the 40-30 club, and you're the only one in that 40-30 club. Wow. And, and, and I said, and I said, can you believe God? <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, it started from me just finding the football, and now I'm the first person to run into that category. Into, <laughs> it's out of all of these, this greatness, I watched Lawrence Taylor do things. I watched Ronnie Lott do things. I watched Mark Bavaro do things. Man, I watched. I, I I was such a fan of greatness that when my name is now mentioned with these type of records, 
Doc, I'm telling you, man, it's the most humbling thing you will ever go through in your life, what I'm going through right now. Doc, I find myself so emotional these days, and not that I'm crying, but I just find myself emotional, like, oh my gosh, I look at my war wounds, I look at my nine surgeries, and I'm, and I'm saying, I'm healthy, I can still play with my kids, I can walk around, and guess what? I've already, years ago, as you know this, I, 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 I've been started to reinvent myself. Yeah. To, 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 to go at it from now a different angle in the business world, which is even more attractive now because I don't have to run into nobody full speed and wondering if I'm going to make it out of that one. All right. right? <laughs> yeah. But I'm telling you, Doc, like I appreciate you for for bringing this side out of me, because these are things that a lot of us don't share. Right. Like, right. But but to, to to finish this legacy off to go through the National Football League, to go to the University of Miami and get the last scholarship the University of Miami was offering. The last scholarship. Mm. Doc, tell somebody mm. that. I, I wasn't rec- doc, doc, they didn't walk up and hand me no scholarship. I got the last scholarship. I had to report to University of Miami in four days. Wow. My name, it's not, my, my it, name, it, go, go back. Everything to that had to happen. Everything, everything that, that had to happen. happen. Everything that had to happen to get you where you were. Everything that had to happen. This is this is the lesson. We're going to take a quick break. But before we do, this is a lesson that I think our listeners can identify with. You from from the linebacker getting hurt to uh, Coach Joe putting you in to linebacker when you were thinking your first moment, I don't know anything about it. Like There are always moments where you wonder, like in that hunger, sitting there watching the sunset at 14, there are always those moments where we wonder what's going on. But what you're saying and your story teaches so profoundly is in those moments, those are defining moments that are, are absolute, absolutely critical in the steps toward greatness. We're going to take a quick break and wrap up just this just this particular episode but this journey this is this is what we're doing over the next couple of months as these things arise because this is just absolutely amazing to be a part of stick with us we'll be right back we're back we're talking about the beginning uh this is the beginning of our conversations about your journey to the hall ray um there was um i want to kind of go back to um in high school because i know that as much as obviously you are, this is all about football right now, a huge, another sport played a huge role in developing you as an athlete. And that was wrestling where, you know, you've shared on this podcast b- before about your journey into uh, what you did in, in your wrestling career. But when you're thinking about like, as you're moving toward the hall now, how much does that wrestling background stand out to you? I was a, uh... I was a much dominant. I was a. I was probably the most. I was probably the most dominant wrestler, seriously, to come through Florida. Because mm. uh, you know what I figured out in wrestling, and this is why I think I love wrestling so much. There's no excuses. <laughs> you can't. You can't put it on no teammate. <laughs> you can't. You and that other person on the cross of that mat. <laughs> That's 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 the only person you dancing with. Yeah. And when I and my sophomore year, when I started wrestling, I, we had a coach that he was cool. cool he was cool. Coach Rittenbaugh. He was really cool, but it wasn't his specialty. He was a wrestling coach, but it wasn't his specialty. So I wasn't getting I wasn't getting no real detailed training tips. 
Mm. Right. I was just getting pats on the back saying, good win, good win. <laughs> but but I was winning because I just figured out, guess what? I'm willing to go a little bit harder than the person that's in front of me. So I used to just grab people, Doc, and I used to just bat hug them to the ground and just slam them to the to the mat and just ride them. And oh, my gosh. And I used to, I used to you know, and then people started looking up and they was like, man, this kid is like really good. <laughs> this, is my, this is my first time ever wrestling. And I messed around in the first of my sophomore year in 1991. I went to the state state uh, finals in Lakeland and I got fourth. But I'm in the semifinals to go to the finals, my first year wrestling. And I learned a valuable lesson. Master, master your craft. Because if you don't, somebody going to find your weakness. Mm. And my and my weakness was when I bear hugged that guys, I always left my head vulnerable. And I'm in this match and I'm wrestling this guy from Miami and he hit me with a head and arm. Now head and arm is when they go up top of your head and they put you in and lock your head in with your arm and next thing you know you're looking up at the ceiling. <laughs> and, and and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the ceiling and I was and I was I was disappointed but I wasn't I wasn't really mad because it was my first time. You right. know, so I, 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 I was just like, wow, like, man, like something so simple can get you beat. The next year, Stephen Poole came to coach at Kathleen High School. And Doc, he changed my world. He mm. changed my He was the greatest technician mm. I have ever wrestled with in my life. Now... He asked, he challenged me and asked me how great that I want to be. I said, coach, I want to be the greatest ever do it. He said, would you stay after practice with me every day? I said, I will stay after practice with you every day, coach. I said, but coach, I got one thing to tell you. I don't have no food at the house and I do not have a car. So I, if you can at least drop me off at home, I'll be okay. The first one, the first days he started getting ready to drop me off and we were staying at the practice two hours longer than anybody else. And I would burn so many calories and I would get in the car. Doc, this, this, this is like, this is why me and this man were so close. I would get in his blue truck and I wouldn't have water. I wouldn't have food. I wouldn't have nothing. I would sit there and I would know that I was going back to an empty room, no food, know nothing and get ready to start it all over again the next day. Mm. Yeah. And so, and, 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 and so I was so attracted to mastery that nothing else mattered. I would go home doc and I would practice these moves. Oh my gosh. I would practice these moves over and over and over. And by the time I get back to practice, coach would be, he'll be like, hold on. He'd be like, how you learn how to do that that well? I was like, coach, I'm, I'm working at the house. In my, ju- in my junior year, this guy walked up to me at one of the state tournaments. And he handed me this booklet. And it was a booklet from 1975. And when I opened up the first page of the booklet, it was a face. It was a picture of my father. And it was every record that he had had. And the guy said something to me that lit a fire in me that will never stop burning. And this is where wrestling took my career to another level. He said, 
And just so you know, as great as your father was, there has never been a state champion at Kathleen Senior High. Mm. And I and I said, wait a minute. You mean to tell me I have a chance to erase his name in all of the record books? He had the fastest pen, eight seconds. I beat that in five seconds. He had the most <laughs> wins. He had the most wins. I went and dominated the most wins. He never won a state title. I went and won a state title. He had the man, a doc, I, I went and shattered it. I shattered his records. Now, I shattered it through pain. I did. 100%. I was so pissed off at him. I was so, oh my gosh, I was just so mad at my, that my dad would not come around to see what I was doing. And, mm-hmm. and wrestling started to teach me something. I started going on the mat and I would grab guys, but I would see their reaction. And I wouldn't be giving off as much energy as they would be giving off, but they would be using all type of energy. So by the time we got in the by the time we got in the third period, I used to look at him and say, "Work time." Oh boy, oh boy, this one gonna hurt. This you did not, you did not, you did not see the reaction on the guy's face that you pinned in five seconds because you didn't even have time to have reaction. <laughs> I hit him. I hit him with an ankle dive, um, and and by the time he looked up, but as soon as I hit his ankle, either either you either you give and you fall or your leg snaps. So, so so soon as I, so soon as I hit him with this ankle dive, either he gives or his leg pops, and he gave. And by the time he gave, he went straight to his back. I climbed oh. up on his back so quick. The ref hit the mat. I looked up. It was five seconds. Game over. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my goodness! You that's that's unreal. Yeah, my ankle then, hurts as you start telling that story. My ankle start hurting. <laughs> Yeah, and then I was, uh, and then that year I went, um, my my junior year I went thirty nine and one, yeah, and I lost in the state finals. I lost three to two, in the state finals. They took a point away from me, whatever. But um, <laughs> you're not still and, holding on to that. You're like whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. And then my and then my senior year, I came back and I didn't lose at all. And I was, and I went and won state title, state title, four eight state ch- title at Kathleen, and. It, I, 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 I tell people to this day, what wrestling done for me for my football career was it always taught me that low man wins. Low mm-hmm. man wins. Yeah, like like my my most dominant trait in wrestling was actually getting people on the ground. Like once I shot on you, once I shoot, Doc, Doc, I'm telling you, I was so dominant in high school wrestling that when I got to the league, when I got to college, every day somebody wanted to wrestle me. Every mm-hmm. day. And I would give them that challenge any day of the week because I was the wrong person to wrestle because of where, because of where I was coming from. But that but that took my career and it showed me that life and, and, and I know we're going to wrap up because we're going to keep this thing going. But I want you to remember this. This is what wrestling taught me. Don't let the game of football, basketball, whatever it is. Yes, yeah, a team sport, but life is truly about a one-on-one battle. Mm. That's what life is. Mm. And 95% of the times that one-on-one battle is with yourself. Yes. Because my opponents, I'm be honest with you, no disrespect, but they didn't have a chance against me because I was challenged. I was competing against myself. The standard was so high with myself 
that I realized, oh, really? So you mean to tell me all I got to do is go pin this guy on this mat? And, and he's going to walk out on this mat and he's going to face me? Absolutely, I failed before. Absolutely, I've lost before. But boy, when I figured out it wasn't a loss that should get me back on this mat. It was simply the opportunity. Well, and for and me, you, yeah, go yeah, ahead. you're saying, but I mean, I think that was from you saying earlier, it was about, it was losing the races. Like I'm picturing you running those races too. When you said it's losing the races that created everything inside me, like it was those things taught you, those things fed your hunger to be great. And it, and it was, that it just continued that drive. So, the, uh, yeah, you may have lost, but when you lost, you learned from it. And I think that's really a huge fundamental of greatness is to learn from the losses. In my greatest, all of my greatest losses in life, I had to endure each one of them to be where I am today. Because if I had won most of those races, I would not have pushed as hard as I would, I, that, that I pushed. When I finally outran my best friend, I told you that race before. I told you this yep. on the podcast before. Yep. I'm looking at the race and I'm saying, ooh, I'm like, we neck and neck. And we got 40 more yards. Oh, oh, boy. I finally got him where I want him. I finally. And that's the extra effort that I not only took from the wrestling mat, not only took from not having things in life. But what I did was I balanced out life by never giving in or giving up or even thinking about what the other option was. And that's quitting. Quitting is yeah. not an option. And so um, I'm really appreciative to have these conversations and really share with people about my journey for this simple reason. Because every day wasn't a good day. Right. Yeah. And there was a lot of dark days. But in those dark days. I found something that pulled me through every last one of them. And that was my relationship with God. It, 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 till this day, the reason why I, why, why I honor him in some of the most difficult moments is because he's never failed me, ever failed me. Mm. And even when I thought that I couldn't go on or when I thought that the world had threw enough at me, I realized that it's only two people who really understands and knows your journey, my journey, and that's you and him. Yeah. Forget that this ain't about religion. This is about having a, a relationship with something greater than yourself that gives you enough confidence to say, I, this is not about if I, if, if, if I will, it's about I can. Yeah. And so my journey up until this moment Seeing November 21st happen, mm. watching myself now about to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, all of the things that once said, I can't, I beg to differ and I stand boldly to ask anybody that's listening, if you really want to do something, take a small page out of my book of life and go do it. <laughs> Because I'm sitting, because I'm sitting there right now. Because I went and did that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen. Um, I'm. I get. I. I feel so. Um, this is just the beginning of us talking about this. And I know you. I mean, you're one of my best friends on the planet. I just. 
I think that what's amazing is like for, for me, there's so many things that I even wrote down from today that you said, the things that even hit me in a different way, even if I've heard them before, some of them brand new, I hadn't heard before, but something that I think that you could, I, I wish we could reach in our hearts of our listeners and say, is this, when you said I had to endure each one of those losses to become who I am, this is something that every one of our listeners can identify with. We all encounter losses. We all encounter disappointments. We all encounter times and things that don't go the way we want them to go. But if we can truly understand that they're creating a bigger picture or as you have created a legacy, a legacy that will last for generations, that's really worth it. It's worth it to encounter all of that. Um, There's a line in Lord Alfred Tennyson's poem, Ulysses, when Ulysses comes back from uh, all the battles and all the adventures. and, uh, And Tennyson has him say, I am a part of all that I have met. And I love that line because that means we're a part of our losses, we're a part of our victories, we're a part of the injuries, we're a part of the successes, everything. We're a part of the people we met, we're a part of everything. And um, for me to hear about your journey and everything that you were a part of, and this is just the beginning of the conversation, it's just absolutely, it's, it's an honor. It's an honor to be sitting here with you doing this. So I appreciate everything that you've talked about today. We're going to keep this conversation going. We'll wind the podcast down for now. We're also going to say, you know, it's going to be the end of the year. We want to wish everybody the best in terms of the holidays and things like that. Um, we want everybody to have peaceful, happy holidays. Um, but, Ray, I'm, I'm honored to be talking let, about this journey with let, you. Let me say this. Because we're going into the holiday, we're going into the new year. 2017 is coming to an end. And let me say this. Gladiator. Russell Crowe, Maximus. He said a line in that movie that forever gave me a different perspective. And it is, what we do in life, it echoes in eternity. And I think the next thing to do in 2017 is leave whatever you've done behind. 2018 has a different ring to it. And if you don't change the narrative by creating the narrative, then you're going to stay stuck and never figuring out what life has to offer. Mm. Right? Your Mm. echo, your echo in eternity will be you finding what your weakness is. See, forget judging everybody else. Find out what your weakness is and then question yourself to to really just lay it out on the line and recite this. Am I willing to be a better me? Mm. Am I willing to let go of the things that's held me back for so long? Better yet, am I willing to give enough effort that I look for nobody to pay attention to me, but me actually judge myself. Mm. 2017, not only am I saying happy new year, happy holidays, I'm asking people to say happy new you. (laughs) Run into a new you, do a new thing, create a new energy and find somebody that is willing to go the extra mile with you. I'm 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 grateful because this podcast gave me an insight 
on what life is really about. Life is about the echoes in eternity. And when I'm gone, which we all got to leave here one day, Doc, I'm going into 2018, but I'm I'm letting my echoes of what I've done in 2017 stay in 2017. (laughs) (laughs) The next echo you are here is the next thing that I'm working on in 2018. So happy new year, man. Happy new year to everybody who's listening. This is our last podcast before the new year. That's right, right? Before the new right, year right. Yeah, last one yeah. before the new year. Yeah, last yeah. one before the new year comes in. And I just want to tell everybody, you have the ability to go into this new year with a new purpose. And you, and you can write the narrative. That's the new thing I want to challenge everybody. Write yeah. your own narrative. Change yeah. the narrative by writing your narrative. And, and, and me and you, and me and you, buddy, I'm telling you something, man. It's priceless. It's priceless what we have. Um, so I appreciate you, brother. And uh, happy new year to you. And, and I'll be speaking to you then. But I want people to really I want people really to chase the echo in eternity because that's I, what we should be chasing. I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you a thousand percent. Um, I love I love the fact. I mean, it's a it's a tiny detail, but it's a fun detail. But it's also like it just goes to show what a legend really is. Um, just the fact that I grew up in Pittsburgh, you know, I, I, I'm from this area. So you grew up grew up a Steeler fan and all that stuff. Yet I'm the one who gets to sit here, you know, a Steeler fan and really get to dive into the greatest, uh, the greatest player of all time and talk to you about your journey so i love it man i'm so honored to be sitting here with you through it all i wish our listeners the best in the new year um and uh yeah definitely we're going to come on strong in 2018 with a lot of great podcasts for you so we wish you the best for sure thank you for downloading the tackling life podcast for more tackling life content go to tacklinglifepodcast.com you'll find links to our pages on apple Podcasts, google play and other podcast sites where you can subscribe and get new episodes automatically downloaded every week when you visit the tackling life website you'll find links to our facebook and twitter pages where you can give us feedback questions ideas and suggestions you can also call us at 646-762-4432 we might play your message on the show that's 646-762-4432 if you like this episode Please share it with a friend. Until next time, for the soon-to-be Hall of Famer in stone, the legend, Ray Lewis, I'm Dr. Kirsten